Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skulking Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrud. I am your host. And uh, welcome to week one of the NFL. It, it has been, um, in some ways, quite triumphant and in some ways quite the disaster. Um, had some picks today that went very much my way. Had some picks that did not. So we will go over those a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some of the injuries that have happened and what those mean. Uh, we'll go over our kings and stings, the biggest um, biggest games and biggest busts uh, of the day, as well as some things to watch for the Monday Night Football game. Just a reminder, tomorrow, tomorrow's show will be our waiver wire show, so we'll go over all the picks that... Uh, uh, we think are, are the the best for you to pick up in uh, players that are in leagues. Sorry, players that are owned in fifty percent or less of fantasy leagues. So, um, hope you guys will uh, hope you guys will uh, be back for that one tomorrow. And then uh, the last show, uh, still trying to figure out how I want to because we're we're doing things a little bit different now, a little bit new. I'm trying to freshen things up, so I'm trying to figure out how we want to do the our show that will go live on Wednesday um, I can't decide if I want to do uh, some I may do a little bit of DFS as well as just some game preview stuff so uh, I hope you guys are uh, are in good shape with your fantasy leagues uh, so far going into Monday I've got uh, three most likely three wins already in the bag out of five. I've got another one that is going to be very, 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 very close. Um, it'll come down to how my kicker can pair up against Ryan Tannehill and the Steelers defense. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those kind of matchups. So, um, and the other one, it, it's already gone. So. Uh, like I said, I hope you guys had a good uh, a good uh, week this week for your fantasy lineup. So uh, why don't we go ahead and start uh, with uh, some of the news and notes uh, for this week and get into the injury um, get into the injury news so far. From what we've seen, uh, rough day um, for a few guys. Uh, started off Marlon Mack. It looks at this point like a torn Achilles. Um, at least as of when this is recorded, um, which means Jonathan Taylor is going to get a lot of work. That being said, he didn't necessarily get that work when Marlon Mack went out. Naheem Hines was getting a lot of that work after Marlon Mack went out. Naheem Hines was getting red zone carries 
goal line looks. So we will we will have to see how this plays out. Hines is definitely going to be one of my top pickups for next week, uh, for this next week in terms of waiver wire. Obviously, um, he's one of those guys that in deeper leagues was already going to be picked up simply because of the fact, um, you know, uh, because of his quarterback and in having Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers loves throwing around the ball to um, to the running backs. You know, you think of Austin Eckler, you think of Danny Woodhead. So um, having those kind of guys, um, I think really, um, I think really is is going to be good for Naheem Hines and having having uh, Philip Rivers as his quarterback. You know, Hines has had a big start before um, a couple years ago. Uh, I want to say it was Marlon Mack's rookie year when Naheem Hines, um, when I think Mack was out for like the first four to six games or something, got injured in week one or something. Um, and Naheem Hines, you know, was a top 15 running back for like the first six weeks. So definitely something to watch. Um, you know, we we hope that Marlon Mack is able to come back. Um, you know, I kept saying I wasn't sure about Jonathan Taylor simply because we weren't sure how the the carries were going to work out. Well, now it's kind of Taylor and Hines backfield. So we'll see how they want to handle the two of them. Uh, moving on next, another one that looks like uh, done for the season. Blake Jarwin, as of right now, the fear is that he has torn his ACL. So that takes away a receiving target from, um, from Dak Prescott. Now, in their loss tonight, the the Dallas uh, Cowboys to the Rams, you know, you're not going to put that on Blake Jarwin. They they have a new offensive line. Um, they have a a couple of new guys that it's it they haven't quite gelled yet. Um, they've been able to open up holes in the run game. I think it's just pass protection has been has been a little questionable. And being a guy, I mean, if, you, if you're watching on the YouTube video where you can see, you know, I've got my Seahawks hat and my, and my Russell Wilson jersey on, um, I'm used to an offensive line that can run block and, and, and struggles in pass blocking. So, um, but yeah, so Blake Jarwin going down, uh, that I think if anything right now that maybe bumps up uh, Ezekiel Elliott's. Uh, use in the pass game on those short kind of dump off passes. I think they may go more that route. Um, they have another tight end. I think he maybe got one or two targets after after Jarwin was out. So I think it's it's mainly going to be in the passing game. It's going to be uh, Ezekiel Elliott and or Tony Pollard, and then it's going to be you know the three wide receivers in in Cooper, Gallup, and C. Lamb. So. Uh, staying with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Leighton Vander Esch looking like a broken collarbone. Now, we usually don't bring up a lot of defensive injuries on this show because mostly in fantasy football, you're, you're looking at the offense unless you're doing IDP. And, and I, you know, I was actually going up against Leighton Vander Esch in an IDP league. Um, but the main reason, I mean, the main thing that we tend to cover is, um, regular is just a standard fantasy league, usually half-point PPR is what we're covering. The reason why Leighton Vander Esch is, a, is an important thing to talk about is because it's going to matter for the running games of teams going up against the Dallas Cowboys. 
And so I think that Leighton Vander Esch going out is going to matter in terms of how they can stop um, the run game. Um, pulling up their schedule here. See what they've got going on. Um, and so pull up the games. Internet's going a little slow right now. Uh, so they just played. They just played the Rams. So next week they've got the Falcons, which um, Todd Gurley could have a little bit of a bump going up against the Cowboys there. Then the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks could really exploit um, the loss of Leighton Vander Esch up the middle. Uh, Vander Esch is a tackling machine. Um, I want to say his rookie year actually actually outdid. Um, Bobby Wagner for tackles in the league. So uh, de he's, I mean, he's a he's a a very good ball hawk. He knows how to get to the ball and to make tackles. And just and losing him, I mean, he's on injured reserve right now. It's as of three weeks, I think is is the is the minimum for for um, injured reserve for this year. We'll see how long he is out. He may come back towards the end of the year. We'll see. So. Um, and then uh, the the last uh, well, there was a couple more. Le'Veon Bell dealing with a hamstring injury, already questionable for week two. Um, apparently, he tried to play through it a little bit, and it just did not work out. Um, ended up only uh, eight total touches in this game. I want to say it was six carries and two receptions. So, um, just a, a disappointing day from him. Again, dealing with the injury, he was it was already tough because he was going up against this, such a big time. Uh, defense in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the other one to look at was uh, Boston Scott, who uh, went out with an injury. I have not seen a whole lot of clarification on what happened with that, what he, what his prognosis is for next week. It could mean uh, Corey Clement is a is a guy to bring up a little bit. Unfortunately, though, that the Eagles' offensive line did not look good. Um, just a lot of sacks given up. Uh, you know, they were plugging up the run. And so um, that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, you know, Washington really dominated the line of scrimmage, uh, especially, you know, in terms of in terms of their their defense. So definitely something to watch there. So those are those are the major injuries that I've seen. I may have missed a couple um, trying to get uh, trying to get ready for the show. But those are the those are the major ones that I've seen that will kind of affect um, what's going on into into this uh, next possibly into this next week. So our next section that we're going to go on to is our kings and stings section. Uh, this is a this is a, um, a a portion of the podcast we've been doing for a few years now, where we go through our kings of the week, which is uh, the top three performances uh, from uh, each position. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Top three performances, and then our stings. These these can range in terms of what a sting is for. For a, a, a bad game, um, usually what we do is is if if it's someone who's, you know, say they're owned in maybe fifty percent of leagues and they absolutely stunk it up. That's that's not that's not necessarily a sting. What we're looking at is guys that are highly owned, that underperform, that seriously underperformed, um, that you know probably brought your score down a bit because of how they played. Now, so the stings aren't always going to be as bad. Uh, in some cases, as they are in others. So, 
So that's just kind of an explainer of, of how we're going. So we're going to start this off with our quarterback kings of the day. Starting it off, uh, high scorer today was Russell Wilson, 322 pass yards, four touchdowns, um, and had some rushing yards in there as well to get him to 31.78 points uh, for the game. Number two, Aaron Rodgers, 364 yards, four touchdowns. I underestimated, I think the entire industry underestimated Aaron Rodgers. I think that's just the NFL industry as a whole. Um, that or it could just be that the Minnesota defense isn't that good. That being said, um, I think having Devontae Adams completely healthy is a big help for Aaron Rodgers because when he is completely healthy, it's going to take more than one guy to carry to, to cover Devontae Adams. And I think that was a huge thing for him this week is having Devontae Adams uh, completely and fully healthy. I remember last year he, he went down, I think it was week one with an ankle injury. It was just never the same once he finally came back later in the year. So... And they really, because of that, I think they really stuck to the run game. Aaron Jones was hardly even a part of the program this week. Manages to get in with a touchdown. That being said, it was it was not the Aaron Jones show like it was last year. So I, I can see some regression from him. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal game. You know, we'll kind of look to see what's going on these next couple weeks. I am obviously going to be moving him up in my rankings this next week. Uh, because it looks like the, the way that they're running that offense is actually going to benefit Aaron Rodgers because they aren't going to be... It does not not look, at least right now, like they'll be quite so uh, run-heavy. And number three is Josh Allen. Uh, after starting off the day with a fumble, uh, a lost fumble on their first possession, ends up going 312 yards. First Buffalo Bills quarterback since like 2016, I believe, to throw for 300 yards. He also threw two touchdowns and had 57 yards on the ground and a touchdown for 28.18 points from the quarterback position. Um, the big stings of the of the day. Um, now again, when you're typically you know wanting about, I think in in these kinds of leagues, four four points per touchdown pass, six per touchdown run. Um, you know, you figure about 19 to 21 points, somewhere in there, especially with guys like Drew Brees and, and Wentz, who are going up against what were usually considered weaker defenses. Uh, Drew Brees, only 160 yards passing and two touchdowns for 14.4 points. So that was about five points, five to six points under his projection. And Carson Wentz threw for 270 and two touchdowns, unfortunately also threw for two interceptions. So that brought him down to 15 points for the day. So again, uh, semi-disappointing um some disappointing games from those two. Moving on to the running backs. Josh Jacobs, number one uh, player of the week. Well, number one running back of the week. Uh, 93 rush yards, three rushing touchdowns, four catches, 46 yards. Finishes with 33.9 points. Big game for him. I think he is going to he is going to be featured in this offense. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it led to a win for the for the Vegas Raiders, so I definitely think that Josh Jacobs is going to be the focal point of that offense. He proved that he is a very um, solid player last year and really put it to uh, to the Carolina Panthers today. Going to the other side of the ball, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, 96 yards on the ground, two, uh, two touchdowns. Three catches for 30 yards. I was somewhat surprised he wasn't used more in the passing game. 
uh, finishes with 26.9 points, so our number two uh, running back of the day. And Zeke, 96 yards, one touchdown on the ground, three catches for 31 yards and another touchdown in the air, 26.2 points. And we're going to throw in an honorable mention in here because um, I talked about in my live stream this morning in our uh, Skull King NFL and Fantasy Football page the fact that I think that Akers is likely to be the main guy, likely, um, I picked him to be the guy over Malcolm Brown, and Malcolm Brown proved to be the guy. He is the one to run the ball, uh, especially between the tackles. I think that Akers is going to be more the um, outside the tackles type of guy. Malcolm Brown proved tonight, again, it was at, especially after Leighton Vanderesh went down, Malcolm Brown proved to be a solid runner. Uh, 79 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, three catches for 31 yards, 24. He was number four uh, running back this week so far. I understand we still have uh, two Monday night football games, but 24.5 points. Now, our big stings uh, in the running back section. Again, one thing I want to add is we don't involve injuries in our sting picks because that's not something that can be helped. I mean, if it's if a defense just, you know, knocks you out and keeps you, you know, and keeps you from playing and keeps you from playing well, okay, that's a sting. Um, but if you get knocked out with injury, that's you can't foresee injury. You can foresee someone possibly having a bad game. You can't necessarily foresee injury. So, our top stings, number 1, Mark Ingram, a whopping 29 yards on the ground on 10 carries against the Browns. Um, I believe J.K. Dobbins had one or two touchdowns on the ground. So that's, uh, we'll see. It looks like, you know, Dobbins may take over that role from Ingram. Um, we'll kind of see what happens in game two. Uh, Chubb, Nick Chubb, um, this is, I mean, this is a sting. He, honestly, he averaged over five yards a carry. The problem is he only had 60 yards and lost a fumble. So ends up with, uh, was it 5.1 points? Uh, when he was probably projected for about 12 to 13. And then the other big sting was Joe Mixon, 69 yards, uh, lost a fumble, had 5.9 points a game. I'm telling you, I am not a fan of Joe Mixon. I think that he could score well in garbage time when it doesn't matter. That's when he has historically put in his best games. I do not see Joe Mixon as a major threat to put up fantasy points in games that are close. If the defense that he is going up against has anything near a solid uh, run defense, Joe Mixon's toast. And it's not necessarily his fault. It's because they have such a horrible offensive line. Um, and it, I think it proved it again today. Mixon just was not able to get loose anywhere. Um, now you say 69, yeah, 69 yards will get him to a thousand yards on the season. Um, I'm just not, I'm not sold uh, on on Mixon. I think that he was being overdrafted because of potential, because he had four good games last year that boosted his stats. So that's it for me. Moving on to the wide receivers, Devonte Adams, 14 catches, 156 yards, two TDs, 34.6 points. Huge day for him. Um, I am going to call myself out. I was wrong on Calvin Ridley. Um, I made if for those of you who who saw um, my little blurb on Fantasy Pros about uh, about um, 
draft or about busts and um, busts and sleepers. I picked Calvin Ridley as a potential bust. We had to pick as part of the fantasy pros thing. We had to pick someone in their top, consensus top forty. Um, that wasn't a quarterback, so it basically had to be a uh, yeah running back, wide receiver, or tight end. I picked Calvin Ridley because I thought that Todd Gurley was going to be more involved in the offense, which he was for a little while, and then they plugged up the run and had to pass it. Um, oh, and then especially when the Seahawks got up by so much, it didn't matter. They had to pass it. Um, I thought that Hayden Hurst was going to be have more more of a role, and he actually did have a decent role. He just he was getting covered very, very well. So I was wrong on Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley goes 9 for 130 and two touchdowns, is the second highest wide receiver of the week, and scores 29.4 points. I was wrong. I could admit it. I made a guess. Uh, I made a pick based on a little bit of evidence with a, a, a select few people that I was able to select from, and that's the guy I chose, and I was wrong. So um, willing to admit it. Moving on, Adam Thielen, six catches, 110 yards, two touchdowns for 28 points even. Uh, our stings, and these ones hurt, um, our stings in the wide receiver position. Number one, Michael Thomas, three catches, 17 yards on four targets. I mean, this one kind of baffles me. I mean, we go back to Drew Brees, only 160 yards and, and two touchdowns. Um, that was just it. Was, the the Buccaneers. It's like they flip flopped their defense because they were for the most part able to stop up the pass and couldn't stop the run. Last year it was just the opposite. Last year they were the number two defense against the run, especially given in terms of giving up fantasy points to the running back position. And we're number, and we're the second worst against the pass. It completely flip flopped with how they played today. Um, Camara was gashing them, had almost three, would have had three touchdowns had he not stepped, had he just you know jumped for the the end zone instead of just reaching out with the ball because he ended up stepping out of bounds like a quarter of an inch before the ball crossed the plane. So, yeah, Michael Thomas. Um, Three, only four targets, three catches for 17 yards. So something to watch moving forward. I'm not, I'm not really worried about Michael Thomas. I think that he'll, I, I think that he'll, um, I think they'll get in their rhythm, and I think he'll still be one of the top three uh, wide receivers in the league by the end of the year. Uh, my second uh, big sting was Odell Beckham Jr. Now I know you know there are people that say, well, yeah, he was going up against Baltimore. Yes, he was going up against Baltimore, and I understand that. Um, Jarvis Landry was on a semi-pitch count uh, because he, they've talked about him still being a little bit sore from his off-season um, hip surgery. That being said, uh, I think Landry outperformed him by going, I want to say, five tar six targets, five catches for about 60 yards. Odell Beckham Jr., nine targets, two catches for 21 yards. I mean, that's, I mean, just could not find him. Now... Again, they were going up against the Baltimore Ravens, and they are just a phenomenal defense. They they really are going to be a tough team to beat this year because of how good their defense is and how good their offense is. So just something, just again, um, I don't put this completely on, on, on Odell or even Baker Mayfield. 
Now, if it happens again, you know, two or three weeks in a row, then I'm going to start putting it on them. But, I mean, they had a tough matchup this week. Next, uh, moving to the tight ends. Mark Andrews, five catches, 58 yards, two touchdowns, 20.3 points. Next, Dallas Goddard, eight receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown, 20.1 points. Now, Zach Ertz had a decent game as well. Um, I don't have in front of me exactly how many he scored. Um, but he at least, I mean, Zach Ertz at least had a touchdown um, in this game. Actually, I believe he scored the first touchdown of the game. Um, and so, I am. it's very interesting to see how this is going to work out between those two. Um for, for playing time, well, not necessarily for playing time, but for um, how it's going to work out with targets and everything between those two, simply because um, Zach Ertz has been the guy for so long. And now Dallas Goddard has been a solid backup and has stepped in well when Ertz was injured. That being said, um, I mean, this was... This was, wasn't even close to being even. Um, let me pull up. All right. Zach Ertz finished seven targets, three catches, 18 yards, and a touchdown. Um, let me see if I can pull up how many points, the actual points. There we go. Um, Dallas Goddard had nine targets. So he finished with more targets um, than Zach Ertz as well. So definitely something to watch um, if... I mean, Dallas Goddard right now is only rostered in 55% of Yahoo leagues. Now, usually when we do our waiver wire show, I usually, you know, it's usually for players that are owned in 50% or less. For tight ends, I may up that simply to say Dallas Goddard needs to be on. He needs to be rostered. He needs to be owned. So um, the fact that he's owned less than, you know, uh, Someone like even T.J. Hawkinson. Now I get Hawkinson had a great game. He was our he was our tight end three, five catches, fifty six yards, and a touchdown, fourteen point one points. Solid game from him. Um, Dallas Goddard needs to be owned in 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 leagues. Period. So uh, moving on, uh, the stings. Again, these are going to be a little a little weird, not quite as stingy, um, because of the fact that the tight end position is such a cluster bleep <laughs> um, however you want to put it because basically you have your top four guys four to five guys every year that are pretty solid you know top two to three that you're, you're you can just count on and after that it's a crapshoot on who's actually going to be scoring so uh, my stings for tonight uh, number one is Tyler Higby all of the hype and everything for him three catches for 40 yards 5.5 points um, there was a lot of people expecting a lot more out of him, um, expecting him to be targeted a lot more um, than he was in this game. Uh, let's see, he had he ended up only having four targets. Let me see if I can actually find, because um, Gerald Everett was healthy and playing. Gerald Everett, and I see he only had two targets, so... Um, It'll be interesting to see what what happens in that offense between those two. I am again, I'm not as high 
on Higby as as most of the industry is. So again, we'll kind of see how this plays out. Number two, Gronk, two catches for only 11 yards, 2.1 points, half point PPR. Again, the 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 Saints defense was was absolutely killing it today and making things rough on on Brady. So I think that there will be better games out there for both Brady and for Gronk. Um, but yeah, definitely. For for Gronk, I want to say he was drafted around quarterback or around tight end number twelve. So I mean, it's not a huge bust, but for people who are starting him, not exactly what you were hoping for. Even in week one, you're you're hoping for a little bit more, a little bit more from him. And finally, Hayden Hurst, three catches, thirty eight yards. Um, considering how bad the um, the Seahawks were last year in guarding uh, tight ends, um, they really locked down Hurst today. Uh, for only 5.3 points in half-point PPR. So um, I can see bigger games from Hurst moving forward as well. So that is it for our Kings and Stings. Uh, the one last thing we want to go over, we want things to watch for uh, in Monday Night Football. There's a little bit more to cover because there's two games. So I believe the first game is going to be um, Pittsburgh and, and the New York Giants. And the big thing to watch for for me is Big Ben's return, um, and so I think that I think that if Big Ben can stay healthy, he is going to be a top ten uh, quarterback. I think there's enough talent around still in that offense with James Conner running back as long as he stays healthy. And even if he doesn't, I think they have enough role playing guys in that backfield to make up the difference if James Conner does go down. Uh, with the the talent of the wide receivers that they have with Juju Smith-Schuster with uh you know Deontay Johnson um I I don't know if Washington is still there I'll be honest I don't know um you know they've got Eric Ebron there playing tight end there's just a there's a lot of there's a lot of talent uh, there, the, uh, Chase Claypool, who I know has had a really good camp. So those are the kind of guys that you know you can watch. There's talent around for for Ben to work with, um, and so I think as long as he stays healthy, he can still put up a top ten quarterback season. With that, that means I think that as long as Ben stays healthy, Juju will put up a top, let's say top twenty for sure, uh, type of year. I'm not going to say top 15 because a lot of that's going to depend on touchdowns to be completely honest. But uh, I think he can put up a top 20 a top 20 season, be a uh, a wide receiver back to the wide receiver 2 area um around 1000 yards uh 1000 to, to 1200 yards receiving um five six touchdowns. So, I think that that Juju can do that. So, tomorrow it'll be interesting to see how that how that uh, chemistry comes back. Uh the other thing to watch in that game, Daniel Jones, um, he showed last year some glimpses of really, really special talent. It'll be interesting to see if he can carry that into this year and how um, a second year in the league can uh, can can uh, help him uh, perform even better. So, and he'll also have a completely healthy Saquon Barkley. So again. Having you know that around him, we'll see what Daniel Jones can do going into his second year. Um, the things to watch for in the second game, which is the Denver uh, Broncos against the um, 
the Tennessee Titans. Sorry, I'm even looking at it and can't read it. Uh, one of the things to look at for me is the the Gordon and Lindsey splits in the backfield. Now, I've seen rumors, rumors. I've seen tweets. Um, let's put it that way. Um, I've seen tweets about there being some speculation or there being some um, rumblings about the Denver Broncos a little worried about how much they spent on Gordon and whether it was actually worth it. I've heard that Lindsey has proven to be the, has shown to be the better running back in camp so far. And because of that, I think that, that Lindsey is a guy that should be owned as well in leagues. Um, it'll be interesting to watch what happens tomorrow night and how those splits and who kind of outperforms who in that. Now they're going up against a tough defense in, uh, in, in Tennessee, but um, seeing who which one outplays the other, and then moving to the other side, uh, the things to watch for for me is, is Ryan Tannehill. We know that they've got Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's a beast, probably going to put up some decent numbers tomorrow. How well can Ryan Tannehill stay healthy, stay upright, because <laughs> that's going to be important, Um and get the ball to A.J. Brown and John Smith. I think that John Smith, again, if Tannehill can stay healthy all year, John Smith could be in for a good, a solid sleeper, tight end type of season. Um, I think that uh, that A.J. Brown is, is going to be, I think he's, a, again, going to be in that kind of wide receiver two range, wide receiver 15 to 20. Um, he could, you know, he could put up more than that, but in a run based offense, he has to be super efficient. And he, last year, he was super efficient. He has to do it again and get more targets, uh, in order for that to happen. So, um, I'm interested to see if that happens. I like Tannehill for this year. Um, after Tannehill became the starter, I want to say in week seven or eight of last year, I think from week eight to the end of the season, Tannehill was the quarterback three is either he was the quarterback three or he aver or he averaged the third most points per game at quarterback um the second half of the season so I think that Tannehill is is again as long as Derrick Henry stays healthy and they continue to use that that run game um to set up the play action pass much like uh like I talked about um in my in my live stream today like the Seahawks do, and using that run game to set up the pass, um, I think that, that Tannehill could be in for another very, very good year fantasy-wise. So um, that is it. That's all I got for you tonight. I hope you guys um, enjoy this episode. Again, I will be bringing you uh, tomorrow night the uh, waiver wire pickups for week two in the NFL. Uh, hope you guys uh, are able to pull out wins uh, if you're behind, I hope you are able to keep the lead um, if you are ahead tomorrow with the two Monday night football games. Hope you guys enjoy them. Hope you guys have a great night, and we will talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.